Hey, welcome back. We're going to continue our conversations about blind spots, and we're so glad that you decided to join us here under the fig tree. Be willing to be made low. This is so important to me, Troy. Be willing to be made low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. I just really believe in that. I really believe in learning how to live in the low, if I could say it like that. It's a good way to say it. Um, I call it God's economy. In God's economy, God's economy is di- diametrically opposed to the world's way of thinking. It is counterculture. It is absolutely counterculture. Mm-hmm. To the degree that if you want to go high, you got to go low. Got to go low. That's that's the standard that he set. And if you want to truly live, you got to die. And if you want, boy, say that again, please. If you want to truly live, you got to die. If you want to truly live. You can only live to the level that you're willing to die. That's exactly right, Troy. Troy. And and that's God's economy, man. That's the way that he sees things, and that's the way he set his kingdom up. Mm -hmm. So the idea, we we just, if I might even just kind of do a little cross grain here, we we just did a podcast. I don't know if it'll, it'll air before or after what we're talking about right now, but uh, we just did a podcast on superstars. Yeah. Right. Just pointing out some things about the whole idea of the one man show and the whole yeah, idea yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. trying to encourage people that everybody, everybody that's called by his name has something to give. He's given every one of us something. And we just wanted to encourage people in that podcast, especially leaders to look for and give give platform to th- those that have something else that they can add to, to, to the whole thing. But at the end of the day, for every single one of us, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, bishop, encourager, you know what I'm saying? Singer. Yeah. Usher. Usher. <laughs> Parking lot attendant. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> children's lis- listeners, I know y'all can think of some other ones, you know. Who, who, wherever you are, whoever you are in the kingdom, there yeah. is one thing that is in common that we all have. Mm-hmm. Many, but here's one. We all got to know how to stay low. That's right. We all got to know because in God's economy, if you're going to be exalted, you got to, number one, you got to stay low. What does that mean? You got to serve everybody. That's what Jesus told his disciples. You got to become a servant of, at all, of, of all. Of all. Mm-hmm. You got to become a servant of all. I always say this, Troy, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. Mm -hmm. I'll say it again for those in the back. If Jesus isn't Lord of all in your life, he really isn't Lord at all. He's got to be Lord over everything in your life. He has to be. Uh, That that, uh, uh, lowly approach is characteristic of him. Yes, sir. Uh, I was taught before, and I, I believe there's a lot of truth to this, that as a believer... Humility is required. Yes. Period, right? Period. So that humility can come one of two ways. Either you can humble yourself or he will do it for you. Oh, boy. Because it's required. Oh, my. Uh, If he does it for you, it will be painful and public, more than likely. So it's better for you. Yeah. It's better for you just... Think about the scandals and stuff like that. What was that about? Oh, yeah. The scandal's really about a lack of humility. Yeah, that's all. And so what happens? It becomes public yes. and painful. It becomes public and painful. Because yes. you profess Christ. He not, just for the, not just for the offender, but now for everybody that, associated with right. the offender. 
you're the one that professed Christ. He didn't make you profess him. He didn't him. make you do it. So you chose to profess him. So once you did that, you have to understand humility is required. Yes. And yes. if you don't do it yourself, which is the best way to do it, uh, one way or the other, it is, it is a requirement for the believer. So. What does the scripture fall upon the rock and be broken? Mm-hmm. At least the rock fall upon you, upon you and you yeah. be crushed to dust. That, that's that's boy because it's required man. because it's required yeah it is it is god's mo man that you that you and and once again who's our example jesus is our example in this all things he's our example in all these things he comes and empties himself and takes on the form of his own creation yeah good night think it. about I that man that. in order to win his own creation he becomes he like his it. own creation. We don't even understand how low Jesus came. That's right. In order to redeem mankind. We don't even understand it like that. No. And yet he, you know, so he then he now he's our example in all those things. So I think it's sufficient to say that humility is absolutely required. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. It's the way that God has set his kingdom up. Yeah. That, that's you know, and you can't get around it. Yeah. He set his kingdom up where I love the fact that he will look for people. He doesn't mind using people, Troy, that are even struggling. They're not confident at all. Mm-hmm. I think he likes those people. Yeah. Even if he has to bring them up some. Because then in bringing them up, their confidence is going to be more in him mm-hmm. than in themselves. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? There's a scripture that talks about it's not by the strength of a man's legs or the strength of his back. I'm paraphrasing, but 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 it's by his spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I and I think that that's where we that's where he expects us to live. That no, it's not it's not my intellect, it's not my ability to get through. When I look at Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. Jacob, the supplanter. Yeah. What does God do? He brings him, and Jacob, fr- from a metaphoric perspective. Jacob fights him over it. We know he fights the angel. Sure. But metaphorically speaking, he's fighting God mm-hmm. over his way of doing things. Yeah. And God finally, through the angel, takes one finger. Let me show you how easy it is to knock you off track. And mm-hmm. he takes one finger and touches Jacob's hip. And his hip is out of place for the rest of his life. For the rest life. of his life. I believe personally it was it his hip was left out of place for the rest of his life so that he would never forget the lesson. Correct. That I want to change your name to Israel. I don't want to leave you now that you and I are in relationship. I don't want you to ever think of yourself in the old way that you used to think of yourself and in the old way that you used to function, Jacob. Now I'm going <laughs> to call you Israel. And and as a reminder I'm not going to fix your hip. Isn't that interesting? I think it is, man. In fact, it it, it shows you just a, a touch. Yes. God should change your walk. It's, oh, dude. It should change it. Um, so prophetic, man. Yeah, man. It should so change prophetic. It. Your, your walk shouldn't be the same anymore. So prophetic. And How his walk you, was never the same. It was wasn't. It? How can you come in, in, in and encounter a holy God and still stay the same. Oh, it man. can't happen. It, it can't happen. It can't happen. So no, sir. No, sir. So yeah, I, I think, you know, that that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I am. 
concerning some of the blind spots, and I have so many more, but I I think that's some um, for me that that's you know I, I could get I could go over into we've talked about this a little bit even the idea of worship sure and uh, and I, I want to leave enough time I'm just going to touch this and keep on moving because I want you to talk about uh, biblical illiteracy because okay. I think that's a blind spot I think that plays a huge part in it right but even even the idea of worship I know that there's a lot of people who think that. And I and I just I just see this as a blind spot because if you think one thing is happening mm-hmm. and something totally <laughs> different is happening, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, to throw you off, it will throw you completely off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, and it's of course, I think it's always in sincerity. I think it's very seldom not sincere. But you, but but when you get the results that you weren't looking for. It really messes people up, and they go, "Wait a minute, though. Wait, wait." But yeah. we we did all of these wonderful songs, and we did, and we had smoke. You know, I, I don't have no problem with with fog and fog machines. I used and, to run and, them, and the lights. Yeah. And we have lights. And we have lights. And We're gonna set the atmosphere. Yeah. No, no, you're setting ambience. In my opinion, you're setting ambience. Which is a big difference. It's a big difference. You yeah. know, God sets His own atmosphere. Yeah, man. He doesn't need our help to set atmosphere. So, so for me, even that can become a blind spot where you begin to trust in those things and assume those things to be related to his Shekinah. We talked about this a little bit on a different podcast. Assume those things to be related to Shekinah when they're not at all. I think there's a good indicator here, Bruce, and I didn't think about this before when we talked about it. I just thought about it right now. I think it's a good indicator where you know that's problematic. Yes. Is when the smoke machine doesn't work and you're bent out of shape. Oh. And now you don't know how to function. Oh. It throws boy. you off. Mm. So now it's difficult for me to worship because mm. I'm still thinking about how to fix this smoke machine. Well, mm. How did it go wrong? Mm. These lights aren't working the way they're supposed to. And we tested them <laughs> yesterday. And, and we never had this problem before. But now all of a sudden I can't focus on worshiping or leading people into the presence of God because these lights aren't working. That's when you know it's become problematic for you. Per- personally, Troy. Yeah. I want to say something about the lights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being a little tongue in cheek, listeners. So don't don't yeah. don't beat us up. But personally, I, I I've been in the dark a long time. <laughs> I I don't want to go to church and be you know and can't half see you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can't. You know what I'm saying I got to turn my phone on the light from my phone so that I can see you know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I no. I did that in the clubs. Oh. That's just me. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. That's just me. I think I had a flashback. I, I did that in the clubs, <laughs> man. Turn the lights up. Yeah. God ain't scared of the light. God is light. Yeah. Turn the lights up. You don't need to set no atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Do do you churches? But think yeah. about it. Be thoughtful about it. Be That's thoughtful about it. Yeah. Many of us came out of that stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't want to step into a church, you know, it's supposed to be a church service and it feels like I'm stepping into a club because all the lights are low and you got the little smoke over here and you got the little, well, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't personally care for that whatsoever, but that's just me. Do you, but at least be, be mindful yeah. about it. Get to biblical literacy. I have a number here. Some okay. 60% of self-proclaimed believers don't read their Bibles regularly. I think that number's probably low. 
I think the number's low, too. <laughs> I think it is. But I pulled this from someone who had done a little bit of research. Yeah. But I think that number's very low. Yeah. What do you say about it? So As, as, a, as to blind spots, speaking to blind spots, I this, think that's a huge one. Oh, it is, and I'm going to show you why. Biblical illiteracy is the breeding ground for political correctness. Oh, oh my goodness. Wait a minute. Wait that, a minute. That's why. Wait a minute. Can you please say that again? Yes. Biblical illiteracy is the breeding ground of political correctness. Wow, man. One of the reasons why people get drawn into this so much is because they're not to the point where they understand how to use their sword the right way. Okay. So the word of God, it is the sword of the spirit. Yes. Right? So yes. when we're reading the word and studying the word, because there's a difference. Yes. Especially when you're studying the word. Yes. Then you start to understand how to maneuver. You understand how to use the word skillfully. If I'm not reading at all, forget about studying right yeah. now, but if I'm not even reading, yes, I, I'm going to fall for whatever the TV tells me to fall for. Yes. So the political correctness part tells me what I should be angry about. Right. Now, this is going to sound funny. The political correctness part is going to have me as a believer showing up to Chick-fil-A, right, yes. to protest on their behalf. When I wasn't called to protest, I was called to make disciples. <laughs> you see what I mean? And I think I'm doing the right thing because Chick-fil-A is, Chick -fil -A, is a, a, a believing uh, or, or they're owned by believers and all this kind of stuff. And they, I hear what you're saying. But what was I called to do? Yes. Right? I wasn't called to protest. I wasn't called to march in the streets. Listen, he said, go preach the gospel. Yeah. Not political correctness. Not civil rights. Oh, I know that's a bad one Come there. Come on, Troy. I know that's a bad Come one there. Come on, Troy. Not civil rights. And he didn't tell us to go out and preach social justice either. He Come said, on, go Troy. preach the gospel. If the people get a hold of the gospel, guess what happens? It takes care of social justice. It takes, it takes care, care of civil rights. It takes care of all that stuff. It does. And so from my vantage point and what I see, the, the, uh, uh, the biblical illiteracy, when you don't understand what the word of God says, when you're not reading and studying the word of God, when you're not practicing the word of God, you create the perfect breeding ground for political correctness. Yes, that's that's... That is so packed with so many different things. Just that one statement, man. Yeah. There's so much in that. <laughs> you know. Well, think about it. what do we see when we when we look at political correctness and you line that up against God's word. Yes. They they are opposed to one another. They are. Almost So how do fail. I fall for this political correctness? Because I'm I'm illiterate. This is the information age for the most part. It is. There's so much information. We we have it's not even that there's so much information. It's just readily available. Yes. So not you have so much information and you have so much access to the information. But at the same time, this generation is more biblically illiterate. Yes. Than the generations before. That's exactly right. Why is that? Yeah. You know, wow. when you have the, the information and you have access you to have the information. Access to it. Yeah. yeah. But you still won't. Yeah. Get into into the Bible. You still won't study the word. Why is that? Yeah, wow. Because there's so many other blind spots there. You know, um, as you were talking, I thought about the scripture that says faith comes by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. Is it? So one of the things that I think 
um, has has fallen to the wayside for the most part concerning concerning reading and studying the word mm-hmm. is faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God is that there is a supernatural component to reading and studying the sure. word. I'd say it like this: if you at least read it mm-hmm. and read it consistently, yes. It'll bring you to a place where you begin to study. Absolutely. You got to start somewhere. Because there's a spiritual component Mm -hmm. that's associated. So it's not just academics. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that has happened in so many churches. You know, it's become a a book of academia. You know, Mm -hmm. it's read as an academic book versus understanding that it's a spiritual book and Holy Spirit will actually breathe on you mm-hmm. from the book as you read the book. And so I think what has happened, Troy, is that Holy Spirit, for the most part, um, has been eliminated from the equation. So now you either have people who don't touch the book, mm-hmm. but they call themselves believers, or you yeah. have people who may reference the book but don't believe it. True. Or you have people who preach the book. Oh, boy. But don't believe it. Can, can I go a step further with yes, that? Yes, sir, you can. Listen, I, I don't mean any harm. I love everybody. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another blind spot within the church. Okay, within the body. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you what that is. What is it? This might hurt some feelings. I am not saying this to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm just saying this to point out something. But education is a blind spot. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people will believe that you can go to a seminary. Okay. And because you've made it through the seminary, then that qualifies you. Yeah to do what it is that you believe you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, preached a short sermon, and 3,000 people came alive to Christ. Yes. He did that without a degree. He sure did. Right? How did he do that? He was fueled by the Holy Spirit. He wasn't even from an Ivy League town. Wasn't even there. (laughs) Here's my thing. Holy Spirit is eternal. He is God. He cannot die. That's right. Cannot die. Right. But if he could, he would do so at the seminary. Yeah. Boy. Oh, my. I'm just going to be honest with you there. Oh. Okay. Oh. He would do so at the seminary. Oh. This is one of the places where we learn structure. And listen, I don't knock anybody for going that because there's good you can get out of that. But you learn structure. You learn mechanics. You learn all this kind of stuff, and yes. all that stuff is good. But all of that outside of Holy Spirit is yes. fruitless. Yes. It's pointless. Yeah. It's not the seminary that leads and guides into all truth. It's Holy Spirit that it's does Holy that. Spirit. And so once we remove him from the equation, yeah. everything else. I, I, Jesus said this. Number one, Holy Spirit only testifies of Jesus. And yes. Jesus said this. He said, without me, You can do nothing. That's right. So why are we trying to do things without Holy Spirit? Right. When you get into these uh, constructs like that, 
uh, these schools like that, and they're eliminating even the idea of Holy Spirit influencing you yes. or leading you in any way. Right. When they remove that, and all you're going to do is stick by this, stick by this, and then what are we doing here? It's, it's the methodologies. Exactly. And it, this it's is where the methodologies. It's another blind spot. I, I, listen, when you get your doctorates, when you get whatever it is, that's fine. Yeah. I, I'm okay, you know. I'm okay with education. I have no sure. problem with that, you know. Sure. But don't let that be the marker right. that lets you believe that you're you're called or that you're anointed. Yeah, there's a difference between being educated and anointed. That's exactly Big right. Big difference, and and we have to understand that, that, that there is that. So. Yeah, same as talented. Difference between being talented and anointed. Of course. You know? So I believe that's one of the blind spots within the body yes. that we see is just, you know, the fact that we can pile up all kind of letters behind our name yes. and we believe that's going to qualify us. You know, and it doesn't. there, there is, um, there, there is a, a study that was done and, and um, on, from, from, from a psychological perspective um, that I thought was interesting that I think fits what we're talking about right now. And it's, it's this very simply in a nutshell. Any, any, the majority of people that end up with expert, that end up being called an expert in their field, uh-huh. it's been studied out and observed that those individuals stop learning. Mm. The moment that you are now, you know, um, some of the work that I do, we bringing experts to testify in different you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it's interesting because the moment that someone's called an expert, nine out of ten people who are considered an expert, they stop learning. Now imagine that in the kingdom. Yeah. That you go to seminary and you get a bunch of letters behind your name. That's all fine and good. But if 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 you're considered an expert, right? Mm-hmm. Theologian, yeah, an expert pastor, yeah, preacher, what have you. Chances are you're not even pressing into learning anymore, which means to me, okay, I'm a simple-minded person, right? It means to me that uh, that you that if you were ever low, you're no longer low. Well, that takes us all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, and it it really does. I, I had a point that I wanted to bring up, and I'll be honest with you, this steers right to it. And that's uh, was it Hosea chapter four. <laughs> oh, it, it really does steer right to it, man. Um, verse six: My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Yeah, because you because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. This thing is quoted a lot, mm-hmm. that the people perish because of lack of knowledge, but then we don't understand why yes. they have the lack of knowledge. You have to look at the very, you look at verse 6, and you look at the, the very next line in verse 6, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Here it is. Because you have rejected knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge. When you get to that point that you just stop learning, it's not that knowledge is not available to you anymore. No, no you just reject it. You just reject it. Yeah. Uh, There's the people, nothing you can teach me. It, and that that becomes very, very haughty. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think when you get to a, looking at this, this text, it's not that knowledge wasn't available. The knowledge was absolutely available. The reason 
God is speaking to them this way is because you have the knowledge here, but you just choose to, but, to but, reject. But you choose to reject it. Yeah. This is why you lack the knowledge because you pushed it away. Yeah. And I think uh, once you get to that point, um, you, you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> you're asking yeah. trouble, yeah. you know. Absolutely. And so what you were saying there just led me right to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. And I think for me, for me, that goes back to <laughs> that goes back to season two. For me, one of those blind spots is presumption. Oh boy! Oh, that's so good, man! Yeah. It really is it's presumption. So. It it really is. Mm-hmm. Troy, I would close with this: Micah chapter six, verse eight. Mm-hmm. I, I love the scripture, man. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good, because we have an issue with determining for ourselves what is good. Yeah. So even we talked about works, even good works versus kingdom assignments, mm-hmm. kingdom purpose. Yeah. I think that sometimes they fight each other. Mm-hmm. But so I'm, I want to end with this. Micah chapter six, verse eight. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to act justly, to love mercy, love mercy, and to walk humbly mm-hmm. with your God. And I think that if, if we at least keep that in focus and attempt to do that, because Holy Spirit, you know, the Bible says we have an unction from the Holy One and we, and we know all things and need not a man to teach us, right? Mm-hmm. So I, for me, it's, it, it, always has, it always comes back to, Troy, having the right mentality mm-hmm. about this walk that I'm walking with God, staying low, yeah, expecting, having an expectation that he will show me and help me, show me what I need to know when I need to know it. Mm-hmm. Help me, you know, to not be taken in by the enemy. The yeah. enemy is eternally defeated. That's right. Right here, right now. That's right. Forever. Can't right? come back from that. He cannot come back. There is no coming back for him. Mm-hmm. His, his, his fate is sealed in that regard. And yet... There's people, believers, who are still allowing him a level of access mm-hmm. that is absolutely unnecessary. Sure. Because we have God's word on it. Yeah. And all we have to do is, as we learn, stay low. As we learn, keep our eyes peeled on him. Mm-hmm. And, and the blind spots will just begin to dissipate. And they'll yeah. begin to fade. Yeah. And you'll have you'll have laser focused vision on the one who called you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put this one to bed. Yeah. My name's Troy. My name's Bruce. We thank you for spending your time with us here under Fig Tree.